0: And welcome back to the studios at Triple H 100.1 FM. Not sure if I should apologise or celebrate that song, depending on what age you are. But of course, small business incorporates lots of different age groups. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM with Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Now, today we are immersed in the world of remote working. We're talking about tech. We're talking about what it is that we do and how we can do it better and how we can collaborate better with all of our key stakeholders. And one of the ways we do that is by... I guess, presenting. I mean, we're not just communicating or chatting or having a coffee. We're actually presenting ourselves when we're in this online space. And it is a brand new world where we collaborate, communicate, interrelate from everyone from family members to key stakeholders online. And it's about working out how we can do that more professionally. So ask yourself, what about the tech, which is something that we've covered just now? Why, what imperfect professional impression does your audience leave after this online encounter? And yes, being online is a little bit clunky and impersonal, but are there tricks that you can actually nail to get the person who's sitting at the other end to interact with you on a really professional level? Now, who better to give us this advice than one of the best professional masters of ceremonies I've ever seen in a conference space, Greg Ward. He's been doing this for decades. He moderates content, he controls conversation, he has time management out the wazoo, and he's going to to help us with his techniques on how to get better at these online interactions and actually engage with the audience that we're talking to at the other end. Welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Alexi, thank you very much indeed for having me on the show. Um, it's a, a fantastic time to be alive. Uh, to be fair, it it's, is. Uh, it's you're it's com- quite you're- an interesting.
0: And you're coming in from the uh, from New Zealand at the moment. So, um, what time is it? And thank you for waking up super early. Or no, wait, you're ahead of us. See, this is very Sydney centric, isn't it? What time is it in New Zealand right now?
1: Uh, This is very much gentlemen's hours right now. It's 11.30am here in Auckland, so uh, it's been a relatively cruisy morning for me here.
0: Cruisy indeed. You guys have just come out of lockdown. We are so jealous over here. It is all over the news. Everyone's looking at your country going, can I go on holiday there, please?
1: No, it's quite amazing. I went to the gym this morning and uh, no more sign-ins. No, no more uh, checking names and so forth. It's, it's quite surreal, the number of changes that we've had in a very short space of time.
0: Now, let's get started about um, the way that we can get better at being online. Now, Immediately when you came online compared to other guests and uh, working, it almost feels as though you are here in the studio because you've obviously totally nailed your tech. Your sound is out of this world and obviously your visuals, those, are, those of us who are, are, might be looking at this on, on LinkedIn Live later on, you can see that your visuals are absolutely fantastic as well. Why is that important even for just any typical small business owner to be conscious of and try and implement in online meetings?
1: I think this this talks very much to the fact that image uh, plays a huge amount in terms of how we interact with our clients, our customers, um, our, our staff, anybody who we wish to make an impact on. And just because we're inside this virtual environment in a small screen, doesn't mean we shouldn't be thinking about the the effect that our image has. Uh, as an actor, we tr- we trained very specifically to understand that every single gesture, every movement, every word that you say carries weight, carries meaning. And how we portray ourselves changes how people perceive us.
0: And in your opinion and, and just asking, in your in your opinion, does that Change because we're looking at each other in a screen? Are we losing some of that body language cues? I mean, we just had an example there where I just talked over the top of you, but (laughs) are we losing that? And is is that something we also need to be conscious of in our online meetings?
1: I think there's a couple of things that happen. Uh, One is we don't tend to give too much weight to the fact that we need to be thinking about the body language. Uh, But the other thing is, as normal life, we don't tend to be able to see ourselves speaking. And in this environment, we are reminded constantly of how we look and how we appear, or in our minds, how we think we appear to someone else. And that makes the majority of us very self-conscious. And I think the process over the course of the last few months is that people have had to get comfortable in being uncomfortable in this space. Unfortunately, the vast majority tend to stay very static, uh, have camera angles that don't necessarily suit them, the lighting in their spaces doesn't work, audio is patchy at best and so you're never putting your best foot forward so it takes some focus some time to actually think about how you want to be perceived and how you want to come across
0: what are some strategies you can suggest that people can do to be more conscious of that and to examine how they behave their body language um, and their positioning on the screen what what are some things and techniques that you could suggest a small business for that
1: well, there's some really simple things that you can do, and you don't need a great deal of tech to be able to achieve these as well. When I first went into lockdown, I had very little in the way of, uh, of technical equipment here. My lighting coming from the front was one of those old garage lights with the with the iron, the wire frame around the front of it, on a long orange cord. That was my only source of front light. Uh, so I'm just improvised, and that's exactly what people can do in their spaces. You need some light. A good light source coming from front of you, about forty five degrees above you, just to give you that good highlight. Uh preferably trying not to have any back backlight coming from behind you, whether that's a window or or a, another light source, because you tend to then darken up within the frame. Uh you want to be able to get the camera at your eye level. So, so many people are using the cameras on the laptops, but the idea is raise the laptop up if you can. Get yourself a second um, keyboard, and if you can plug that in, just have that laptop or the camera in the way where you're, you're at the same plane as your eyes. And one of the challenging factors here is to talk down into the camera, not at the image of your fellow meeting attendees or, or your uh, guests if you are presenting, it's the camera because although I'm looking at the camera and there's a a host of people on the other side of that camera, I'm realistically, I'm only just talking to you. One person, you're experiencing this. It's kind of this giant shared intimacy thing that's happening. So you've got to be conscious of that.
0: And and is that one of the things that you've done to pivot your entire um, business structure online? Because you're, you're now controlling conferences Um, on on a huge scale, just literally from where you're sitting now, all of those things, doesn't matter if you're working with a small or a single person that you're meeting with or potentially hundreds of people watching the screen, those uh, strategies are still just as important, yes?
1: Yeah, completely. This whole process is you need to be as natural as possible. You want to be you because that's who the other person on the other end of the the call needs to see. Uh, There's easy ways to become comfortable doing that and one of the challenges we have in looking down the camera is our gaze naturally tends to fall towards the images that we see on screen and so something you can do very swiftly and easily is place perhaps a picture of a loved one just at camera height or just behind the camera and by doing that you are reminded every time that you look at the camera of someone who's important to you and regardless of how you think about it it creates an effect you end up looking at the camera with a deal of love as opposed to simply staring fixedly at the camera and hoping that the other person at the other end is getting that information.
0: I love that idea. That is so nice. And also the good idea to make it someone that it's a loved one not someone who you might find intimidating, or someone who puts you in a high-pressure situation just by being in the same room as them. I was just thinking, then I could put someone who's like, you know, Michelle Obama or someone that I aspire to. I was like, no, 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 that's too much pressure in one conversation. I'll just put my daughter <laughs> at the other end of the phone, at the end at the other end of the camera. And now that, and and that's the thing. It's like it's all about that visual impact because that's what we've lost. That interactivity. It's not necessarily the. I don't believe it's necessarily the hugging and the kissing and the touching and the, and the hand-holding. It's those body cues that we miss. And, and looking at someone down the line of a barrel of a camera, we've got to remember that's their eye contact. That's how they're looking at, uh, at, at us. And you have to be conscious of that in terms of tech.
1: 100%. And that's another thing where you can take some time to modify the environment because by raising your laptop... If your laptop is, it has the camera on it, you're kind of stuck. That is the specific point. But if you have an external webcam, you're able to keep your camera—sorry, uh, your uh, laptop screen—as close to that camera as possible. And by doing so, you can use peripheral vision to still catch the cues of other people. And another tip from this, from the camera angle point of view, is that you have the ability to be dynamic on camera. You don't need to be static. You can, If you want to make a point, you can come in closer to the camera and really nail that point to the people oh, yeah. as if you were doing it on stage or you want it to be more expansive. Use that physicality in the body positioning. The same, similar kind of thing with the uh, tone of your voice as well. So if you want to make a point, you can be strident with it or you can get close to the microphone and just whisper if you want that real effect to happen. Lots of different things you can do, but you've got to play. You've got to try it, see how it feels, and then and then readjust from that point.
0: What's your thinking on whether we should be standing or sitting in an important meeting or a presentation online?
1: There's a lot of debate online, specifically about this. I'm part of a, the Remote Speakers Group. There's about 1,500 members worldwide, and the great debate: should I stand or should I sit to present? And the answer is, it depends. <laughs> It comes down to whether uh, what your effect is that you're trying to achieve. So if I'm presenting a keynote, I tend to stand. I like the energy of standing and it gives me the ability to be seen more in the camera, which means I can use more of my body to create effect. Uh, If I'm, as I'm joining you here, I'm seated and there's a specific reason behind the way that I'm seated and why I look uh, like I do and why the background that I've chosen looks like this is... The way that we perceive someone in this position is very much like a newsreader. And every word that I say has just a little bit more weight because you have been trained over many years to see somebody in this position as holding truth and holding information. So it's it's a little touch and you've got to think about what's the effect I want to achieve and how best can I do that? But again, it comes back. You've got to play. Got to give yourself time to actually go, how does that look? How does it feel? Record yourself. Play it back have a look.
0: And I would say what's, what's interesting about that is um, I've, when this all started, I was very anti those background kind of Flintstone, Star Trek, Enterprise, um, you know, Luke, Luke Skywalker, all that stuff. I didn't like it because I thought to myself, you're presenting yourself as something that you're not, unless you're in a Star Wars convention. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but what it wasn't doing was allowing you to be your genuine self. So, my thinking about that was: you need to dress. Uh, you need to dress what's behind you first and foremost to give the presentation of who you really are. So, I've I've made an effort to get the lighting right in my home office. Make sure there's a little bit of balance in the objects that are behind, a little bit of, um, you know, interesting color and form. And that way it gives people a little bit to talk about when you first come on air, uh, first when you come on air, when you first come (laughs) online. And that for me presents me in a professional light. People, it gives a bit of a conversation starter as well, a bit of an icebreaker, but it's not a false background and it certainly represents who I am. Uh, aside from when you're presenting in, in a capacity like you are now, are mm-hmm. you a believer in having those, even just a, a plain black background, or do you think it's more important to show um, the genuine self?
1: It's an interesting point because both of them are actually your genuine self. And there's another point of, of why the virtual backgrounds are available within uh, some of the online platforms in that it democratizes us as speakers if we're going to go into somebody's house we make judgments about who they are and how they live so by using virtual backgrounds we're able to uh, shield actually our, our, who we are within those personal spaces from necessarily how we want to be perceived by the audience that we're going to so there's a reason behind that too uh, but from a virtual background standpoint i choose backgrounds that are going to give me the effect that i'm looking for with an audience perhaps if i was doing an interview let's say on an academic subject i would possibly put myself in a different setting uh maybe have a library behind me and i've got some beautiful libraries that i can use uh they're slightly out of focus and what i tend to do is then i use my physicality and come in really close to the screen if i do that probably lose a bit of sound there Uh, and if i sit to one side of the camera and get my head up straight and look just off camera and if i'm talking as if i'm speaking to an interviewer you end up with a very different feel depending on who you're talking to and you can set these things up beforehand to give a different effect and i take my cues from uh, television one of the things that television does really well is it keeps the brain stimulated and it does that by doing cuts every four seconds roughly in drama high impact high energy drama will be less than a second between cuts and what we don't want to do in this environment because it's a small screen is to be static and do the same thing in one way the whole time so if we can use both the background and our physicality to create that connection there's a a huge amount of power in that for us as presenters
0: and I think it's a really interesting point that you, you compare it with the edits that we're used to seeing with live television. It's important because, as you said, we're not just a static being when we're talking, when you see something being presented online, it's on television, it's always moving and maybe getting your body gestures correct or even your positioning of your body to change occasionally, uh, that gives the, it keeps it keeps your audience more engaged. Is that important when you're still talking to someone one-on-one, even if you're just having that one-on-one meeting? Is that important to be aware of still?
1: Absolutely. You know, And when you're doing a one-on-one, you have even more opportunity to be able to observe what's going on for the other individual. And we are, uh, humans are consummate actors. We train as actors from the moment that we're born and every element of socialisation everything is calculated to get an effect. And think about the wonderful emotional range that a toddler has and the ability to try and get what they want and to be able to use all sorts of different techniques to do it. And they learn that over, over time. they're about three from the parents and then from there, it's your free-for-all from pretty much the whole peer group. So those experiences are, we are all natural actors. The difference between a trained actor and a, and a human, if you like, is that we can repeat something because we've worked, worked out how to bring a level of connection back to it and then repeat it. But we can use those skills that we already have to be able to connect and, and uh, have deeper engagement with people by using the tools, not only, not only the technical side, but also our innate humanness to be able to create that impact and engagement.
0: Now, let's talk a little bit about the noise because obviously your mic is, is pretty high quality um, and, and everyone who's going to conduct a business meeting online is not necessarily going to have access to that. Are there some quick little shortcuts that you can recommend that are relatively inexpensive that will improve the quality of our sound?
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, firstly, don't rely on your speakers within the laptop or, or if you've got external speakers on, on your computer. Everything that you place into your environment raises the potential for having poorer sound so the way i'm doing this is i have earbuds in and i've routed them down my back so that uh, to the viewer you can't see uh, necessarily it doesn't detract from the overall feel and, and look that i have here and so they're zapping on down and going into the computer uh, via an audio interface uh so that there's inside this room it's a zero sound environment this Apart from the sweeping that's actually currently happening outside <laughs> <of> my
0: <deck>. <laughs> The <laughs> things be we can't control.
1: <laughs> but what got, funnily enough, I can control that because I've got a, a thing called a noise gate um, here in my environment. And by increasing the level of my noise gate, I can cut out the background sound if it's at a certain frequency. Uh, and that's a valuable thing too. Anytime we can get a microphone closer to a mouth and have zero sound within the environment, the only sound coming out is from your mouth, then you have a much better opportunity to have really clear sound. And I view audio as being the highest part of all of this. People will forgive video. They will forgive light streaming across the, the room. They'll forgive the glitches that we'll have from bandwidth uh, 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 slowdowns. But audio is a critical thing. And remember that everyone's got the ability to stand up from the computer and walk away. Now, if they're on uh, headphones, they're able to do that to the limit of the headphone reach. And they might go off in the space and and make a coffee or grab a drink, but they're still listening to you. And so your audio is the critical factor in all of this, I believe.
0: That's a good point, actually, because uh, the way that we're engaged with online, you know, you can look away, you can do other things. But the most important thing, the way that you're absorbing that information, number one, is still audio. Just like being on a phone call, I guess that's another way that we've been socially um, uh, trained in that way of conducting professional business is it's more important to hear what's going on than it is to see because we do so much before this on the telephone. And now we continue with that and we continue the audio being uh, the most fundamental. So obviously uh, keeping the microphone as close to you as possible. Um, I've also noticed anybody out there with a beard <laughs> and you've got one of those mics and then it <laughs> swooshes a- across you, b- just be conscious of that. Or if you've got jewellery, um, I like when, when, I, when I interview um, uh, certain politicians with long nails tend to talk and do this on the desk and it's, <laughs> don't do that, don't do that. So just being conscious of what your extraneous body parts are doing as well and making sure that there's no clashing or or noises coming from what you're wearing and then also um minimizing the background noise that you can because obviously we're all limited by by where we live or or traffic but if you're going to be in somebody was saying i was listening oh that's right i was listening to this american life the other day and Mm -hmm. the podcast and he was uh conducting his intro from inside his closet So he was actually doing it inside a clothes closet because it was a good way of at home absorbing all the sound. If you're doing Mm -hmm. something really important like that, do you consider going into a closet?
1: Uh, Yes. Funnily enough, as you described that, I was thinking to myself, uh, I'm also a voice artist. And so uh, over many years, I've tried all sorts of different ways to be able to get a clean sound environment. And uh, in a previous house, I used a closet, basically rigged it out inside and I put a a doona, all the way around the inside of it, on um, a couple of some dog clips. When I put screws at the top, and so I could I could repurpose the closet back to a closet really quickly. So I wasn't physically <laughs> making it. but the process with that enabled me to get a dead sound environment. Um, which then I had to put some lights in there, and of course it would get hellishly hot because there was no air conditioning in that uh, as a as a booth. But there's many ways, and I've been I've been caught out having to do voice auditions in a hotel room. Now hotel rooms are uh, are notorious for poor sound however again putting a few pillows on the bed propping a doona over the top sticking my head under there and putting the putting the microphone under there you have to get creative to be able to give you that as close to dead ear sound as possible
0: I think that that's that's something that you keep coming back to, which I think our listeners should really take heart with. You've got to practice this, like with everything. You've got to practice the different body stances that you have or or the location of that microphone and you know hit the record on your whatever software you're using to do these recordings or doing these meetings. Do some tests and have a look at what you look like, play it back, have a listen to the sound from different perspectives, Uh, and that way you can really play around with what's best because... It, it is ongoing. I think that we've come, this, this whole pivot and this change is going to continue. And I would agree, I would argue that even in the events world, we're going to see more mm-hmm. of these events being online because it reduces the costs burden for, for event companies. Uh, and we, we will see a bit of a change in the way that we work in that way. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, completely. Uh, even Through this process, uh, where people have been slow to take up the opportunity for doing virtual conferencing and events, the whole experience has shown that it's actually a very, very effective way of doing it, and particularly well, as you mentioned, from a cost perspective. So, you you aren't looking at the cost for the venue uh, anymore. However, you've got to mitigate that and say, well, we actually have to look at what is the platform that we will use to be able to do a conference. And there's quite a few. Platforms that are available out there that replicate in some way that ability to connect and network. And that's a big important, that's a very important part, actually. Uh, It's not a simple platform like WebEx or Zoom or GoToWebinar or or Microsoft Teams or Skype or any of these just sort of standard meeting platforms. These are platforms that have breakout rooms that have got uh, networking functions, exhibition halls, and, and elements like that. And they are coming to market very quickly at the moment. I'm certainly seeing that we. Uh, continuing to have people wanting virtual conferencing from here further down the track uh, c- there's a consistent um, message in that we within New Zealand we're starting to come back into the physical elements I, I have a physical event booked in August uh, and another one in the 24th of June coming up as well so just uh, they are coming back Uh had a had one come in this morning, actually, <laughs> I'm thinking there for as well, for a, towards the uh, end of August uh, with a, a musical and comedy show, because people want to get together. They want to connect. So there will be continuing opportunities in this virtual space. And I think we're going to see a great deal of hybridization mm. face-to-face coupled uh, with the virtual opportunity. And whether that's simple streaming of that uh, to an audience or whether it's actually running side by side, it'll depend on the requirement for the uh, entity. But I see this as not going away. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly in it for the long haul alongside the physical work.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Greg, because you are the consummate professional when it comes to presentations and controlling conversation and also having uh, just that ability and innate um, understanding of how to present yourself, no matter what the medium is. How can people find out more about what it is that you do?
1: Oh, thank you. Well, uh, gregwardspeaker.com is my website. So that's uh, always a good point of call. I'm on LinkedIn and I tend to use LinkedIn significantly. It's a, a wonderful tool. Uh, and, I, and I'm i on Facebook as well. So there's uh, a great opportunities there to uh, connect with me. And uh, if anybody wanted to get hold of me, it's Greg at gregwardspeaker.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. And if you've missed any of today's program, you can of course catch up via podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you ingest your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to smallbizmatters.com.au where you can find out who's coming up on the show as well as a great list of fantastic online learning opportunities for small business. My name's been Alexi Boyd. Great to talk to you again and we'll see you all next week here on Triple H 100.1 FM.